ground game, we've actually built the practices that people aspire to create. History will prove one of us correct. Wait, 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 you're not letting me finish, bro. This is how you become bulletproof. Bulletproof. It was the yeah. birthday of Satoshi Nakamoto. <laughs> <laughs> Already. I'm kidding. I just wanted Already. to bring it. You know he's he's lining up a Bitcoin. I am not, you mother. I am not. All right, all right. I'm sorry. I just and actually, Craig, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. It's the Luna it's, coin, Luna. No, no one knows Natoshi because no one knows who he is. It's the immaculate. Uh, the, oh, I like he's that. He's a, god. he's a god now. I like <laughs> that. Yeah, he, well, he's an unknown, so no one knows who he is. Therefore, how can you know his birth date? But he's like Mary Magdalene. He's anyway, the, it's, it's beautiful. The date is December 5th. So the year is coming to an end. And Dwight, you brought up something great yesterday, uh, recently. Mm-hmm. That in the beginning of last year, guys, we did predictions. If you remember that podcast. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So we are going to be, re- in a couple of weeks, we will be revisiting those as a, so basically what we're going to do is do a, we're going we're gonna to revisit our predictions. And then we're going to predict kind of for the for the next. Well, it's yeah. just fun to do and see who was right and see who was directionally correct. And um, and then I'll show you where you guys were wrong. And um, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. <laughs> you can just give me the medal. <laughs> oh, it'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be a, a great victory lap for this guy. And um, I can't wait to oh, do it. Oh, what are you talking about? You, I remember you, you being pretty scared, my man. Who? I'm just all kidding. of wasn't you. Scared. All right, all right. So no, Tom, I was scared. So, um, I'm always scared though. I'm scared right now. Well, look, <laughs> scared money don't make money though, Craig. Yeah, that's true. Um, so anyway, guys, um, it was fun. We missed you today on the mastermind call. Um, it was great. Um, we are kind of in the phase of of marketing right now in the bulletproof pathway as it pertains to the mastermind, and there is, as you know, a lot of stuff. It happens with that. And today was kind of I brought in some special guests to talk about some SEO stuff. So it's just, it's always really cool. You know, and, and what it reminded me is that you're never, you're never out of the mix, right? Yes. You outsource this and yes, someone handles this, but you're always still like, you always still are need to be learning about all these things. And, um, and it's just, a, you know, I was sitting there looking at, at some of the people in the audience who were, you know, on the screen and I was thinking to myself, like, no wonder dentists are rewarded really well if you do it well, because you got to do the dentistry, you got to deal with hiring, you got to deal with this. It's a bunch of stuff you got to do, even more so than many other operators. Not to mention, you have people's you know lives in your hands, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, not in a life and death situation, but it's just it's a lot. And so you know, when people say, "Oh, dentists make the most money now," well, you know what? They're doing more than just the dentistry. I'm like, okay, so it, it's a grind. And um, anyway, I, I don't know where I'm going on that tangent, but um, but Bitcoin is up. <laughs> <laughs> I do. There you go, Craig. That the was other me. day, the other day, he says to me, he's like, "Can you do me a favor and screenshot the sale price of Bitcoin?" You keep oh, telling yeah. everybody it's 57. I don't think it was. I'm like, no, it was, Peter. It was 57, and I screenshot it was 51. So he's going. It's, he's going to make it international rag on Craig Day. The day that Bitcoin eclipses oh, 51. Yes. It's like it's like Laszlo Bitcoin Pizza Day. It'll be this is capitulation day for Craig, where he just yeah. all right, turn money into memories. What an asshole. But you know what? what? Selfish thing to do. You're Turning gonna money buy back in. You're gonna buy back in at five hundred thousand. And here's what I say to that. <laughs> Everyone buys Bitcoin at the price they deserve. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's all good. Hey, listen. I want real spanking. Li- listen. I want it to go to a million dollars because we're all your friends. And when your Bitcoin's worth a million dollars and you have like forty trillion in Bitcoin, no, it's going to benefit we're gonna, all we're of be us. We're going to knocking on your door asking for money. Yeah, I want to have this. I'll have like a gold microphone. I, you know, my first purchase. I may have lost it all in a boating accident too, which is yeah. a, tr- a tragic thing. Um, did yeah, you hear that? I, yeah, he lost his uh, his passport. Anyway, it's gone. It's completely in the ether. Well, guys, today I want to go over something. Today I want to go over something, and I know I feel like we talk about have you, um, very tactical stuff a lot. Uh, I feel like we do, or maybe I, I feel like we do because Craig, you whenever I do, you're you're like, oh, here we go with the steps and the stuff whisperer. Like that. You know, the dental whisperer doesn't like it when we get into like data and nuts and bolts. He just wants to talk about, hold my hand. Let me read. Let me read your future in, in dentistry. Hold it. 
Oh, wait, the dental whisperer has something to say. Hold on. Did you hear that? You're an asshole, Pete. (laughs) Hey, well, actually, you do have a dental whisperer. I'm kidding. I love you, buddy. You do have a whispering story. Oh, my God. So, people, I I have been putting you out there as the dental whisperer. Like, you know, you feel like your life is broken. Go see Craig. (laughs) (laughs) Craig's is too. He can help you. Misery loves. He'll he'll talk. He'll talk to you via his experiences. Do you hate your life? Do you (laughs) feel inadequate and hopeless? Me too. Call me. No, the Zoom call. But you do have an innate ability to kind of filter the bullshit, and you're you get people directionally correct again motivated about their true vision and so you know all jokes aside you do uh you do serve a purpose this is the one trick pony conversation again. Uh, oh uh, that was a great uh, so anyway let me tell you the story so I, get this, so I get um i get this this girl calling me um you know the the typical I want to pick your brain about a marketing company. And by the way, what what do most of us do when we have no idea what the fuck is going on? We hire a marketing company. <laughs> and and if the marketing company is a good dental marketing company, and you know which ones I'm talking about, the most popular ones that sell you something for four or five thousand dollars a month. And oh, by the way, at the end of the year contract, you don't actually own your own website or any of the copyright. So you just literally paid for a friend to talk to you and then they're going to resell you all the crap they thought you thought they created for you. You rented it. You rented. Yeah, you're renting your website, but you're really paying for it. Um, so anyway, so she says, I want to do this. I'm like, well, um, OK, so what's going on? Well, I need to rebrand, blah, 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 blah. Um, how you doing? She's like, I bought the practice 10 months ago. Good. How you doing? She's like, My bookkeeper says I'm doing really well for a startup. Cool. How, how, what are you looking at? What's the net profit? I don't know, but we're profitable. And you know, that's really good. My bookkeeper says that's really good. Okay, great. Well, again, from the podcast last week, entrepreneurial profit. Do you pay yourself as a dentist in the practice? Well, no. Okay. Well, I said, well, if you were willing to buy the Dunkin' Donuts down the street and everybody there would work for free, it would be a lot more profitable than if everybody there was needing to be paid because that's salaries and is one of the largest parts of your overhead. And she gets real quiet and she starts thinking. And I'm like, when you bought the practice, because now she worked at the practice for 10 years before buying it. And uh, the dentist that she bought the practice from, guess what? He was also not paying himself as a salary. So the practice was insanely profitable. She bought it. Now she pays him 35%. And doesn't pay herself. So what did she just do? She just hot potatoed the whole thing. <laughs> I'll, she's like, well, listen, as a, a you know, um, I really, I'm like, why did you buy the business? Why do you, you know, I really feel like it's important for me to own my own practice. I'm like, who is telling you this? Well, I just feel like it's important. I became a mother and, you know, there's no handbook for that. I'm like, yes, you became a mother. You, you have a baby. It, it's irrefutably a baby, but you did not buy a business. You cannot call it a business. You bought up, you bought a job, you bought his job for him, and now you're paying him for his job. And if and I had to be brutally honest because listen, what this will if she doesn't pivot and change and grow, we all know that this will run out of money sooner or later. So it was a lot of information that she didn't really want to hear. And um at the end, she's just like, So is the marketing company a good idea? I'm like, <laughs> I was like, sure. Just go with it. $50,000 on a marketing company. And I literally screenshot the contract where at the end, all the materials are our property of said marketing company. I also said too, and this is just a little piece of advice since I'm on a, a roll here. Did you call anybody who used this marketing company? Do you have any references of anyone who's ever used it? Her answer was no. She said, can I join the mastermind? I said, well, potentially, you know, I don't know if we have any spots for if anybody, if, if we have any openings for this year or maybe next year. And then she has the nerve. Can I get three references? I'm like, I'll give you two dozen. I'll give you two dozen. Like she's going to vet me now. Oh, that was great. But it's just, it's such a sad state. And I just, you know, if I'm the dental whisperer, it's just, there, there has to be an honest conversation where we're taking inventory of what's going on out there. Most of us, and we were all versions of that at a certain point in our career, don't are, are extremely ill-prepared to own a practice and, and possibly should not. The difference between the four of us is we figured it out before we had the existential plug pulled on us from the business. 
But there were moments where had we not been hungry enough to learn, we would have just gotten continue to get our asses kicked for multi-decades. Anyway, that's my tirade. But the truth is, is the reason that happens is simply because of the fact that dentistry can be lonely and you find yourself in your own space. And therefore you listen to the one marketing company that came through your email just enough times that you think, well, that makes sense. And I think that's, that's a really good point. You have to stop and realize like, you think that dentists will not answer you if you're just at least going to ping them a little bit and ask them, Hey, who do you use? But I feel like we're so not only in isolation, we choose to be competitive and we choose to be competitive with each other so much so that I wouldn't dare call you and ask you, hey, have you used this you know, company or ask them, can you give me other dentists to call and ask them how it went or things of that nature? You know, I mean, you we've got to work more together, but this is the nature of why consolidation works in our industry. It's because of the fact that we're all alone. No battle happens when, you know, one team is fronted with a giant army and then the other armies that you're battling are all split into a bunch of different pieces. They're unified and they're working together. That's that's the situation that we're running into in dentistry. But well, I, I don't blame her. I hear it all the one time. One thing that that we're overlooking in this specific story, too, she reached out. She had the wherewithal. Well, no, she didn't. She you. didn't. So her rep, who's a friend of mine, made her call me. She didn't even want the help. Sure, but but she but she called. Yeah, yeah. Your did. rep wants a lot of people to call for help, and you say, "No, I got this. I got this." Or like Dwight said, it's I'm not calling them because now suddenly we're we're competitors as opposed to all focusing on the same goal of an industry of, of making people healthier. She did reach out. She did talk to someone that was more knowledgeable or farther along than her. She's going to take that knowledge and hopefully implement it, and it's a learning curve, which yeah, I hope so. is what got every one of us where we are. We I, I do want to just point and then made it better. I just want to point out one last thing about this too is, and I spoke uh, I spoke to Sully um, and T Bone on their podcast a couple of weeks ago, and T Bone was really adamant. He's like, "There's so many vultures in dentistry. So, so many. many vultures. So many. It's dude. crazy. We it's are right. we are complete prey. And the fact is that someone would be willing to sign a contract for a year lockup for $50,000 or $48,000 and not even bear to read the five page contract that you don't own. It says it in plain English. You don't own any of the materials we create. It says it right there. And we're like, okay, sounds good. I like you too. Let's get started. Let's so there's go. just so many bad people out there. Well, that, you know, honestly, Greg, that is why, and I said that in the marketing presentation and you know, we did three hours in, in, in the mastermind the other day. And I, and I really said, I was like, look, I don't say that everyone's going to do all these things, but when you arm yourself with a little bit of know-how, it lets you not be so vulnerable, right? And that's a skill you get to keep for the rest of your life. When you learn a little bit at SEO, when you learn a little bit about how to do social media, when you learn a little bit about website construction, when you learn a little bit about things, and this isn't hundreds of hours, right? This is a little bit, just so you don't get the wool pulled over. Because when you don't know anything, you accept anything, right? Yeah. As a result, you're like, I'm too scared to look under the hood it's either working or it's not, but I, I can't turn it off now. Right. And so, so to your point, Craig, I've been preyed upon myself in industries and, and I'm sorry, in my career and certain providers that I've tried. And luckily I've been able to be like, dude, I know more than you on this. Like how, how is this possible? Right. Like you're a fraud on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And, and, and had I not known that, right. You just get, and dentists do get preyed upon. So, um, I, I think T-Bone is absolutely right. I think it's 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 people start licking. What's that meme with that guy? Where that guy's behind the tree? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's like rubbing like his this, hands in the, in, the, in the jacket and the yellow jacket. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's he's looking, in the park. I think I think like everyone, every vendor around dentistry starts coming around the trees like this. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's, that's not why. You, that's all why you of them. But there's a lot. There's a lot. And the thing is, is I think by virtue of like we value the trust we have with our patients, we are super offended if Mrs. Jones says, you know, do you really think I need a crown? Are you really where's the decay? Show me the decay on the X-ray. We get so upset about that. We don't we don't do the same level of due diligence. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just Dennis. Keep be sophisticated. You will get you will get preyed upon. Just be sophisticated. Ask good questions. Well, ask good questions and learn. Look, like mm. I said, an hour would be sufficient in kind of any micro subject to make sure that you don't get taken advantage of. And, and, and the lucky thing is you, it doesn't have to come from bulletproof. It could come from YouTube or where, wherever, 
right? But dig in. Yeah, um, don't make your business just dental specific. I think that's um, uh, something that we all took advantage of. Like when we all converse together, there's always a mention of a book or a podcast that's outside of dentistry, but we make it relevant. And I think the average dentist out there says, well, they're not a dentist. They don't understand. No, it's all the same thing. Business is business. They're all, it's all about relationships. Agreed. Okay. Trey, you have anything to add to that? Um, He's like, afraid to talk because yeah, of his uh, microphone. How's, how's it sound now? How about that? I want to go, I want to go to something as, as um, you know, and of course I bring up things that are, that are pertinent to me in my own life. Right. And so um, I want to look at and share a screen with you guys about, um, can't even find it now. Here we go. So I do want to this really quickly. Can you see the screen? Yeah. Let me, let me, hold, let me change this. I want to talk about our, the bulletproof KPIs really quickly. And the reason I want to bring this up is because there recently we got, maybe not we got confused, maybe I got confused in my own practice about something called pre-appointment rate versus reappointment rate. Do you guys remember that call? I think we all got. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and so pre-appointment rate. And so I just want to go quickly over the, the, we call them the five bulletproof KPIs. Okay. So it's practice pre-appointment rate. Number two is production per visit. Number three is utilization rate. Number four is treatment acceptance. And number five is net growth. <clears throat> and so I want to bring some clarity to pre-appointment rate because so long I was reporting actually on something called a reappointment rate, which is Craig, the difference is what's a reappointment rate. So a reappointment rate is what percentage, oh, don't quiz me like this. I'm out of, right, from right out of hygiene. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And so right like, out, oh, we're yeah. 90%. What percentage of your hygiene patients are right. coming? That is, so, that is incorrect. It is. Reappointment rate adds an element of time. You can have both practice or hygiene for a reappointment rate. But pre-appointment rate is a volume number. It's of all your active patients. Correct how many of those active patients at any given time, it's a snapshot, have a pre a, an existing appointment on the books in the future. So, so we you have, can apply reappointment to both, as well as pre-appointment to both act, active patients or active hygiene patients. Reappointment leads to pre-appointment. Okay. Can you edit that out so it makes me say that instead of uh, trying? No, it's, no it's, but it's good. See, because it's, look, we get confused, but here's the thing. We sat with, and I still feel, we sat with Dental Intel um, CEO at the time, uh, Weston. We said, Weston, if you could only, and we, Craig and I were, this was, this was years ago. I say, if you could only look at one thing, you have the data of thousands and thousands of practices, 6,000 practices at the time. If you could only look at one thing to guide your practice. He goes, actually, I really only need to look at one thing kind of thing. He's like, I can almost predict how the practice will do three months down the way using this one metric. And that metric was the pre-appointment rate. Like Trey said, how many of your active patients have an, uh, an actual new vi next visit on the books, right? Whether that's hygiene or restorative or whatever, right? And so you want that number to be greater than 73%. And so as I was kind of looking at ours today, you know, kind of recommitting, you know, to the stuff we, we talk about and teach, it was like, oh, shit, I wonder, 50% or 55%, like that ain't where we won't need to be, um, you know. So I just think as, you know, as I started this podcast, we're coming to the end of the year, um, you know, if you didn't do as well as you thought this year, you know, we are going to end up down a little bit, actually. I don't know. I know Dwight and Trey, you've kind of talked about how you're going to be end up up because you've been growing. Um, am I right on that? Yeah. Yes. Greg, I don't know how you're going to end. Um, about, about break even. Okay. So there's, look, there's ebbs and flows to business cycle. And we always think that like the success is, I remember at times when I would grow and then there would be contraction in my process. Yeah. I would think to myself, what a failure I am right? Circa 2000, let's just call it 10, right? If th that year or that month, or it wasn't hockey sticking up into the right. I would think what is wrong? My business is falling apart. Mm -hmm. And so it's at those times when that you need to going back to what I was saying about SEO, even have some idea of what are those, those lead indications or lag indications of going into how to fix it for the next year or what you should focus on. And so I think it's a good place to start. And I know maybe we've had this podcast. As a matter of fact, I was just looking at 
all of the the catalog of podcasts. I was looking to see have we done one that says specifically bulletproof KPIs. Have we done this? Not that well, I'm aware of. Dwight. No, I think we've just hit on one ever so often come yes. around, but I think to focus on it, I just think it's the perfect timing for this. And let me tell you why. Good. Thank I you. think that the holidays we end stuck with being busy. And I'm sure that everybody's listening right now. It's like, oh my gosh, it's just so many people are coming in and people are off and what, and it's just craziness. And I don't think people realize that when it gets crazy is when everybody forgets the basics. Let me just get this patient out. Cause I got another one coming in. It's just moving and grooving. And then what happens? Your pre-appointment rate goes down. Every hygiene mm. forgets to do their numbers, do their, do their regular protocols. I mean, I was, I went by one of our offices this morning and I was listening to the morning huddle. And that was the reminder. Everyone, I know we're busy. Slow down and remember the basics. This was coming from the team. It was just like constantly mm -hmm. reminding like what we need to do, because what we want to do is not create a feast and famine approach. Most people burn out during the holidays and then come back. And then you've got all these delayed situations where they forgot to reappoint patients. They forgot to put them for a new, their next recall visit, their next doctor appointment, all that stuff went out because we were too busy. Well, it creates problems down the road. And our irresponsibility today creates a responsibility to that team later to try and come up and fix low production in a month. So I think it's great that we look at the basics right now. That's a, to follow up on that, when you truly focus on data, the feast or famine mindset, when you have high production, low production, high production, low production, and you actually average out what you took, say in distributions or what the profit margins were over time, it will always be lower than if you consistently hit a slightly lower number. Every time you take something that is that is routine, it is it is duplicated, it is standardized and it is consistent. It will generate something much bigger than the roller coaster up and down that feast and famine tends to create. And I think a lot of the reason of that is you get to that point by truly focusing on numbers by something like these five KPIs, you drive mm -hmm. these home, go back to the basics and you just hammer these out and you don't have to hit home runs in any one given bucket here. You have to hit singles on all of them and I, you have to constantly be playing this game. That's I think it's, that's well said. And, and as I've always kind of talked about, you know, on from summits and things like this, look, I know we get all googly eyed about the shiny object when, when, when a KPI company shows us their, their dashboard. And we look at it and we're like, yes, I'm signing up, doing this. And then we then we go home, we do it for the first week. We're like, look at all this cool stuff. And then six months later, we do nothing, right? Yeah. And so sustainability is the most important thing. Not that you quote unquote have the software, but that you look at something that is sustainable. And I just don't think personally, again, I don't think that looking at a hundred KPIs every month is sustainable and nor is it impactful. So the purpose of this is just, I want us to stay as a group, a bulletproof group, directionally correct with at least acting as the CEO or the CFO, because a lot of us honestly are the CMO, the CFO, the CEO of our groups, right? We are the entire C-suite. And so it is incumbent upon you to be looking at these things, learning how to do a little marketing, learning how your division, like all those jobs. Oh, and by the way, see the patients too. Right. So that's why going full circle back to what I was saying about like dentists, you know, have a lot on their plates and there's a lot of spinning plates. Um, so I, th I think we've covered number one. Um, number two, Dwight, can you take that one real quick? Yeah. So production per visit for those who can't see it on the screen because you're listening on a pod. Um, so number one was practice pre-appointment rate. That was the active patients with a new visit or next, next visit, visit, sorry, yep. uh, divided by the total number of active patients. And our goal there is over 73%. Number two is our production per visit, which is net production divided by the number of patient visits. So total patient visits. Um, <clears throat> and then the goal there is above 600 per hour there. And so essentially that gives you a sense of a general understanding. And in many, many ways, it's 
the time that has been done to treatment plan fully a case and get enough work done during those hours and that you're being efficient enough to get that work. There done. you go. I think you nailed it, Dwight, because I'm gonna have you do three as well, because three is kind of your API. So yeah. I always say that two is efficiency of the appointment or the efficiency of that that captive, you know, that patient in the chair right there. Like how efficient were you with that time of the appointment? That's right. Okay. Um, and if your software doesn't figure this out for you or your, um, your, help me out guys, your, uh, your KPI software doesn't do it either. It's very easy to take, just take the, all the people that came in as a, at a patient block and your net production or net collections for the day. And like you said, uh, net the, produ the oh, production would be on the numerator and the denominator would be the patient visit. <clears throat> okay. So. Now we've got two two KPIs that we are we are becoming more and more bulletproof as we proceed to number three. Wait, this is yeah. this is Dwight's baby. Mm -hmm. Number three is something that we focus on in creation, which is called utilization rate. Craig, are you and still with us? I'm with you loud and clear. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. yes. I love it. I love it. Yes. I love King it. Glassy eyed. <laughs> yeah, no, I Sorry, feel Dwight. Like utilization rate helps us understand how our whole practice is being efficient, not just that individual patient at that one time with that one provider. Because the truth is, is we are running a full business, right? I can't tell you how many times we sometimes will start a mastermind with a group and someone's hygiene program is like a, a net loss leader, right? And, or the doctor side, and, and they've got this incredible hygiene program, but the doctor side isn't keeping up. We wanna know how efficient you're running out of the total number of chairs that you actually have in that practice and essentially over the number of hours that they're there. So it's the net office production divided by the total office hours. Now total office hours includes two main things. And that is the factor of the number of chairs that you have by multiplied by the number of hours that they're of open and being used. So, right? so Dwight, let's do as pertinent examples. I have a six operatory practice and I'm open for, for eight hours a day. Right. So you've got a total net office production divided by six times eight. And essentially you've got 48 for that moment for that of time day. Right? For, that for that day. day. But Correct. for me, I, you would calculate your net office production. We like to do this essentially at a, at a monthly basis, get a real understanding of what you're doing. And the more time you give it, the more efficient this number is. Cause obviously you have to take into account holidays and actual days you're out because you just say i'm open eight days a week is a problem because some people are open seven days on friday or half day on friday or take into account your actual hours take out all your holidays do that whole process and then say your net office production divided by the total office hours that's your number of hours you're actually a business times the number of chairs that will give you somewhere in the range which we typically find is somewhere between 70, 80, all the way up into 200, 300. We like to say you're really healthy if you're above 200. And when you're getting above that 250, that's when you start, sh you should be thinking, hey, do I need to add more chairs? More do I need Are to expand? And that number? That's the total utilization rate for the whole thing. For the whole office, he's saying. I got you. For, with this, this formula, with hours. Correct. Yes. Got yeah. it. Okay. So, specific so to the, the top number of is hours. the money, the top is the money, and then the bottom is the hours. So if you have six ops and you're open eight hours a day, right, and you're doing it for just that day, then it would be the money would be on on the on the uh, numerator on the top, right? Correct. If you're doing it for the week, then it obviously be the week collection. If you're doing it for the month, then it'd be the month collection. But your hours would obviously be increasing as well for all those times. And the realization rate is a is a really interesting concept. And, and Dwight breaks that down to a very detailed level. Mm -hmm. I, you can apply utilization rate to almost any aspect of your practice to measure efficiency. Mm -hmm. But I use utilization rate as both a goal and a, an indicator of when to expand. And yes. I, I keep it very simple. So I do not break down to hours. I, put a, I, I use this as strictly a per chair mentality. Mm -hmm. And what I look at is my net office collections over a year period divided by the number of chairs I have. And my efficiency number that I'm looking to achieve in any given practice is the, the dollar amount on average per chair that I have in an office. And that tells me how I'm the annual basis on an annual basis. Yeah, yeah. So it's still, it's the same math, just exactly. extrapolated over a longer yeah. time period. And so 
Dwight, so Trey, you're using this as a, do I build them? Do I add more operatories, right? Because I'm exceeding. Correct. Like getting Dwight, you're saying, Hey, greater than 200 is great. Greater than 250 is not great because that means that you are kind of potentially reaching a, a point where you need more capacity, right? Correct. So it could tell you when you need to expand, could tell you potentially when you need another office, could tell you potentially when you need another provider, right? If you yeah. have empty, you know, so all those things. And that, and and I and we get that question a lot from people. And it as, is a beautiful course. You hear you hear it. Hey, hear when that. should I hire another right. this or when should I expand? You know, and it's, and it's, again, I always say make, I made so many decisions based on gut feelings in the past and my exactly. gut has not always been correct. Make yeah. data driven decisions. And not that they're that, not that that's going to like make you immune to potential down, but like you're making it from, from a data driven as opposed to just emotionally, you can talk yourself into almost anything. Well, most people are not only emotionally doing it. They're like, oh, there's a deal on an ADEC chair from my rep and I need yeah. to spend some tax money at the yeah, end of the year. can't afford not to buy it. I'm not going to work on my business. I'm going to just buy the, you know, and yeah, yeah, the yeah, truth yeah. Is, is that's the problem is, is run the numbers. You know, if they back up your emotional gut, fine, but like think it through, at least take the time to evaluate that. <clears throat> um, okay. I'm going to go into number four, which is just treatment acceptance percentage. Before I kind of explain what that is, I think it's pretty, pretty clear what that is to people, but I want to show of hands uh, who has a treatment coordinator of the yep. four of you. Yeah. Trey, you have no treatment coordinator? Not one. Interesting. Ms. Jones, you got the K, you won't do it or you don't. I knew, I knew that was going to be the case. For you something. knew it. Why do you need a treatment coordinator if you're doing only a waste, quadrant? Waste of money. Okay. Okay. Well, it's a different type of dentistry too. Yeah, that's true. That's correct. We don't use a treatment coordinator if you need a DO and like your number five. Yeah, there's a certain metric. There's a certain level of dentistry from a from a dollar amount that obviously involves a treatment coordinator. So I was I wanna, about to go. I want to hear. I want to hear what Trey has to say about that. Go. Okay, the waste of money comment. Well, I just like the way he thinks, and I think it's really important for us to hear his version. Yeah, of let me hear it, Trey. Let's hear and it. how he breaks it down because the truth is, is he does all kinds of dentistry. So the That's real, true. The well, real Trey, answer, according to Craig, he does not. He only does. Yeah, the real does answer it. there doesn't is, do all sorts of dentistry. I I do agree. Does. I I I actually believe a treatment coordinator is a waste of money at all levels. So. <laughs> That's my real told answer. You. My I real told answer you. is yeah. that a treatment coordinator is what people use because you somehow believe that that doing one crown is different than twenty eight crowns. This is what I came not. for. So <laughs> I don't I don't believe that. I think that's a cop out. That's right. a crutch. And so I, say it again because I interrupted. I want to make I want to hear all the bravado in this comment. <laughs> you you stop talking. a little deeper under the hood, so you're gonna get it. Yeah, sometimes the you gotta idea is that, well, and there's a lot more to this. There's a lot behind this, but at well, the same going. time, it no, is. Keep going. No one's stealing your microphone. Keep going. So, well, and it's a very long conversation of numbers that get to this level. But the idea is, if you look at, at overall, let's talk about entrepreneurial profit. You know, if you if we go up and down this this column here of people, and say, what is your entrepreneurial profit on average in a, in a four wall EBITDA type situation? Not counting, not management fees coming out, not any of that. It's on a practice level, call it the franchise level. How much entrepreneurial profit do you make? My bet, and I say this, my bet, because we've all said it, we are all within 2%. You think? According to the last time everyone said it, we were. Okay. So do you know what yours was or do you know what yours is? Um. Like twenty two percent. Okay, Dwight, what is yours? What What was your question? <laughs> what is your <laughs> way to stall? What is your entrepreneurial oh. profit as a percentage on your PNL? Let's call it your NOI. Oh, not, yeah, yeah, not yeah. management fees. No, 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 no. Or NOI wallet. for those not, listening. Net operating income. Yes, yes, twenty four. After all the de all the dentistry has been allocated, Correct. meaning not yeah, to the scenario like, like, like Craig said earlier. So Pete's at twenty two. Dwight's at 24. Craig, where are you? Uh, like probably 19, 20, right there. Okay, let's round up to 20 so I'm right. And <laughs> I'm, that a boy. Mine is 23.4. There you go. We are all within pretty much. You take out the outlier, round up and take out the outlier. We're within 2%. Yeah. So the idea that what 
something is needed. You know, mm. We're producing the same amount of entrepreneurial profit out we're doing. And in all honesty, I, and this is where Craig and I will always disagree on this. It's the same dentistry. We do all the same dentistry. He does. He does all the same dentistry. We do. There's some procedures you know, that I, may not I, happen, yeah. but that's different. No, but it's a whole different. End, it's a whole different hold thing. On, let Trey it's not, finish. It's not. Okay. And when you start to when you start to run down the path of a treatment coordinator, you use a treatment coordinator to justify something. The idea becomes, we'll stop using a person to justify it and teach the other people to do it. No, it's kind of like a consult room. No space. Use an op. Put another right. op in. I'm gonna shut up. Keep going. Keep going. Because like, this is good. This will be great for social uh, little snippets later. I want to state something. I'm actually not far in my evolution from where he's at. And wait, you mean throw... you're morphing into tr to more trays? Yeah, I can tell. I'm he wants morphing... to morph into tray for sure. I'm... Well, no, 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 no. Stop. Stop. Out. Stop. Not, no, no, no. Stop. Stop. Not that. He's got trade arrangement system. I see a trend that this happened in healthcare as well, where it was there were positions created that were created due to the fact to evolve other positions that wanted more money, aka the front desk wants more money. They want to evolve into these clinical type roles and create these treatment coordinator roles. And they were they were set aside. Although if we had a whole lot more assistants or a whole lot more admin people, they probably would do these roles anyway. And so I'm transitioning more towards him in the in the usage of the team with regards to this topic than ever before. But um, also then, Dwight, would you then admit to that your type of dentistry, your scope of dentistry and the type of dentistry you seek to perform is also trending towards less complexity? Because here you not. are. Okay, I probably so have some of the most complex dentistry of all our practices in my office. Okay. Okay. So in your new offices that you're opening, yeah, are you, you're seeking, and again, it's no, I'm not trying to catch you. I'm just curious. Are you seeking to have the all on X surgeries in those new offices and all that? You're not, you're not looking to bring in a more simplified version of dentistry. I have those doctors are expected to grow to be able to be super GPs where they're doing implants or taking out teeth or doing IV sedation, standard protocols across the board. Okay. Yes. So if you could go back in time and whiteboard your model as far as the type and variety of dental procedures, you'd change nothing? No, of course not. I'd change a lot okay. of things. Okay. So what would those be? I would... I would hyper isolate practices within the large offices. I think the large office is what the is dangerous. That what, that, that, that's that's what just. Did you hear what? you not? I love it. Here's my favorite thing. Again. Here's my favorite thing. My favorite just, thing. We'll edit that out. No, hyper isolate. Trey will know exactly an, what I'm talking about. I'll take a. No, I'll he make doesn't a know. And about halfway through nice. the sentence, I'll get cut in half. And so then you're asking me what the second half of the sentence was. No, so well then just skip the first half. Don't don't. I don't think half. that the model that I have in my central large office and that Craig has is the scalable model. Right. Hence the reason Correct. why I'm saying there's a tendency to go to less complex dentistry as you scale. You just answered my question. No, I said break it into smaller departments, AKA smaller locations and offices where the same type of care can be provided, but not at that level Hub scale. And spoke, right. Modeling. Yes. Right. Hub so, and spoke modeling. So the, so I just think there's a natural tendency for guys like you and guys like me who were, who grew up being apex predators of dentistry. People you like and I were massive producers, okay. massive. So is Pete. Yeah. The three of us, actually, outside of Trey, who never did more than a single, you know, crown one time, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not. I'm not. I, I think it's amazing. Well, I, well, it's not because I'm the one that's going to buy you. No, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> I'm the that's, ultimate apex. Listen, listen. Oh my yeah. God. This yeah. is great. So here, here's what I'm saying: that you're you're making my point for me. While we're trying to be complex in our dentistry to get more money because our hands doing one crown versus one arch of all and four creates a massive reward for us. While we're toiling in that arena, you're toiling in like, let me build a complicated system, meaning multiple locations doing something that's uncomplicated. So you're the one who really scaled. We scaled our hands. You scaled your brain. And yes, to your point, you could probably buy us eventually. That's cool. But I'm just saying that the, the the natural tendency for dentists is like, I want to make more money. Let me make myself better as a dentist. And mm. ultimately, you build a trap it's hard to break out of. 
It was not hard for you to break out of that because what was the most dentistry you ever produced in one year? I'm not throwing shade. I'm just asking. No, and and that's a fair yeah. question. And my answer, which you've asked this better one, I have no idea. I know that yeah. I've produced a hundred thousand two times ever. In right. A in a month. In a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. no idea what I produce in a year because I never looked. Wonderful. And I guarantee you, Rick Workman or Sulman Ahmed and all the greats from the DSOs that, that are running massive, beautiful organizations now never became hyper-proficient clinical dentists. It's fine. I, they, and I think this is a really... And what I mean by hyper-proficient, I don't mean hyper... Uh, I don't... I want to just make sure I'm clear. Hyper-isolate? Yes, hyper-isolate. <laughs> it's, it's, it's enantiomer. I think I want to throw that word into it. An enantiomer. Uh, but hey, anyway, I, th I do think Your limited vocabulary doesn't matter to me. It's okay. It's fine. I, I, <laughs> I'm going that. So, anyway, I'm going to jump in and tell you, you what Craig he, said. If you back up you take, and take a snippet of what Craig said of you scale your hands. And yeah. as you scale your hands, because most dentists think like that, which is a very appropriate way to think in dentistry. Yes, of course. And you scale your hands, you get to produce more, you learn more procedures, your skill right. level increases. Therefore, your production increases as long as you can generate the patient flow to do so. Right. And then you create a trap, if and only if. And this is a conversation I have a lot with people is, is the word trap is if you want to be the best dentist you can be, that is not a trap. That is a beautiful thing. If you want to do what I do, that is a trap that you will never get out of. If you Right. Because you're so good at what you do. You earn so much per hour. You're irreplaceable. Correct. So that's all I'm saying. And I'm not you saying proficiency as being a good well, that's a good. That's actually a very good. I have a pertinent story of this, right? Location one. I was like, this is great. Dentistry is good, right? I can open location number two. I'll just split my time. It'll be great, right? Try it again at three. Wait, a day here, a day here. But this is not, this is, this is, this is the it, right? This is, that's the no. plateau. It only goes that far. So, right. So going back to Craig, you're saying kind of scaling the quote unquote great dentist. I'm not putting myself in that category. I'm just saying the great dentist is it's not scalable. So Trey said, look, that obviously doesn't work. Right. And, and, and your point about Rick Workman's and the, and the, and Sulman's conversations like, Hey, there's no scale in me being magnificent with my hand. If that's where I'm wanting to go. But the funny thing is they're the ones who transform dentistry than the great producers do. I mean, unless you're, <laughs> unless you're like a, you know the one the frank spear well i think this but, is a whole pot on itself treatment except i'm sorry treatment consultant versus not right and and um i think this is a whole pod on that because i have some thoughts but but i don't want to go i don't want to go there in this so let's let's okay. uh but, we'll but i think out. but trey all right so let's zoom back out for a second would you agree though that this number four the treatment acceptance percentage regardless of you have a treatment coordinator is still a valid KPI to track. Whoever is presenting, whether it's your chair side, your your dentist, you should be tracking the acceptance of what you propose. It is it is one hundred percent worthy of a top five KPI. Okay, awesome, awesome. So regardless of your ready for this methodology, mm. yes, we got to Dwight in there. The Dwightism. There should be. You know, we should take a shot whenever someone can, can organically I mean, put. That's in a great idea. Um. You, uh, regardless of how you get there, you should be looking at that. Okay. Number five. And this is where I think when you dig into it, you sometimes uh, don't like what you, what you find. I know that's the case going on right now with me. Um, so net growth, right? So long and our, our industry told us, right, that our practices are worth 80% of top line revenue because that's what banks produce. I mean, that's what banks will lend you on. And they also told us that when you go in a room full of dentists, just tell them what your new patients are, right? Tell them how many you get. Forget about telling you how many leave or become inactive. Just, just wear that as a badge of honor. And so we track these wrong KPIs. And new patients is great and it's fun and it's a good indication of how your marketing is working. How is the front door working? But also what's even more important is that back door. Have you closed it off? And so it's new patients minus the ones that became inactive in your patient base divided by the total number that's in your base. Okay. And so I don't actually report it as a percentage on my sheets that it gets sent to me anymore, guys. I actually just want to see the numerical number. Were we positive? Were we accretive in new patients as an active base or was there was there, were they depreciating some, right? And, and um, I don't look at the percentage per se, 
because I look at it, you know, on month over month basis. And so I think it's sometimes alarming when you think you have this great month of, oh, let's call it 100 new patients. And then you see that 101 went inactive. You're like, mother, what the heck is going on? And so this is one of those things I think that, and, and so in my team right now, or at least my office director, I'm like, it's operation, close the back door, right? Um, because I don't want to see any more negative months. And I think this is probably one of, when you focus on this, right? You get what you focus on. Um, in that Pearson's law, or is that Pearson's where you get what you, you're the five people who you hang out with the most? Pearson's law is that what you measure? Tends yeah, to what you measure, right? And so just by putting our attention, it's like, you know, how do we make sure, right? <clears throat> and so for instance, it's little granular things that I think just fall by the wayside. A patient calls to cancel and the person who answers the phone is like, okay, cool, I got it. And then that person goes into the bliss of like, never gets followed up with or never rescheduled, right? Um, things like that. And then we never see them for two years and then become inactive because we didn't take the time to put them back on the schedule or the quick call list. There's all these little like things. And then software really helps us, especially nowadays, mm. right? Really helps identify who should be the one reaching out to that patient. Hey, I'm the provider. Like, so if, example, you have a list of a hundred patients that are going inactive. I guarantee you someone on your team has a relationship with every one of those patients. Right. A hygienist, an assistant, a doctor. I'll take that one. You take this one. Boom, boom, boom. Use your technology. Get on the text. You know, if, you, if you're like in a weave or something like that, you can text a patient. Hey, Karen, I hadn't seen you in like 18 months. Just want to make sure you're OK. I want to get you back on the schedule. Boom. Doctor fires away that text. What do you think? What do you think the, con- the, the reconversion rate of that little action would be? Meaning, Super do you think high. that would work? Yeah, 75, 80%. I mean, yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy. So time, reward on time, right? If we look at cost of acquisition of a new patient, right, which is $250, $300 sometimes, right? And we're, we're hyper-focused on new patients. We're like, oh, yeah, I'll spend $250 all day long. Yet we won't send a 10-second text that reclaims that same $250, right? Meaning meaning preventing an active, uh, inactive from going, uh, I'm sorry, preventing an active from going inactive is the same thing as getting a new patient. So because you have some cost that patient. The patient that's 18 months in one day that you bring back, as opposed to the one that's 18 months that you're not letting go inactive, it's why net growth on number five, new patients minus inactive patients plus recaptured patients there you go. Throw that one in there too, because that is, that's the other piece of that numerator that actually creates the <laughs> the number growth aspect. And I will say this: well, a recapture further, is just someone who's inactive, though. Trey, right? sure, it's going. It's that eighteen months in a day right. coming back on. And but when you start to look at, and then Pete, you're one hundred percent correct in this. Dennis, focus on new patients. I get X, Y, Z, and then you dig under the hood and realize, ah, you're just pouring. You know, you're pouring coffee in a coffee cup and you're spilling everybody over the over the edge and nobody pays attention that by the way your practice has never grown you want to hear a tin hat idea i had just as a fun technology corner because i feel like we should have a, a science corner but none of us are really scientists you're the most freeberg <laughs> of all of us i think I, i'm the most freeberg of all of us i, I mean not in your That's personality fine. but That's your fine. science so I thought this was such a low-hanging fruit, right? If you could solve it. But here it is, simple solution, right? Hey, here's a list of 100 people. You take 10, I'll take 10, I'll take 10, blah, 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 right? Great, simple, easy to execute. Does it happen? Nope, doesn't happen, right? So why? It's because uh, people are resistant to kind of take those, unless you really stay on the accountability of it. So I was like, man, it would be nice to... I actually try. I actually started a, a software company and lost a bunch of money on this because I felt so strongly about it. But it was essentially, right? How to how to text a patient a video, right? Because a texting someone is great, but a video would be amazing to say, "Hey, Karen, Doctor Smith, I'm just getting an appointment. And I saw you on this, you know, blah blah blah. Hey, click below if if uh, you know I haven't seen you in a while. Click below if you want to if you make an appointment to get to see you or something." And then I was thinking, gosh, AI is going to make this someone's going to solve this, right? Because there's going to be an avatar where you're going to be able to stand there and they're doing it. If you get on like Instagram and, and, and Twitter, you can see that it's being done. Your voice can be cloned 100% and now your actions, right? So the deep fakes, like this could be done. This could actually be a deep fake that would work for patient care. 
Okay. Yeah. Right. So you would, you yeah. would not be recording yeah. the hundred videos every month. It would be, Hey, digitally, I want to send my avatar to these 10 patients. That's going to automatically insert their name and, and, and get them to click on the line below. So if anyone wants to build that, I am, uh, I'm yeah, here. I'll, hmm. I'll put money in it. Uh, yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> now, for those that don't know, that's a private joke. When Peter made me, didn't ask me, but made me invest in his last software company. But I still love you. Hey, guys, hey, I got to, I got to, I got to bounce. I love good, you all. Good. And this is not my thing anyway. But, but Trey, no shade, no disrespect. I oh, love what not. you're doing. Of I course love not. what you're Likewise. doing. And I think for those that are sitting here, buying, well, you're going to miss uh, some good stuff that I'm going to, that it no, I know, with. I know, but I'll watch but, it. I watch all right, of our shit, right. but Trey, for those that are listening and, and they're young and they're early in the career and they want to be the entrepreneur that you are, it's probably a good idea to invest more in your learning of business systems than how to do the all in X. Although the all in X is great, but like at a certain point you gotta, you gotta pivot yeah, you know, when you, when all you right. know what you want to be when you grow up. Bye guys. See you. See you, Greg. So someone, back to my example, I think someone's going to solve that. I think it's going to be like a, you know, a company that's already in that space, like a care stack or a patient prison or someone who's in the AI space or Pearl, you know, who, who, but you're going to want, you're going to want to, you're going to want to buy version two, version one is going to be a shit show. Hey, right? Janice. Geeky, this geeky. Is geeky. <laughs> no, actually I Trey, I've seen some, some really great uh, so, yeah, creepy stuff lately. I'm joking, but some is, is very creepy. Good like there was actually a guy that I know uh, follow and he told me that he got his voice cloned to read his audio. He puts out bunches of books and he said it's indistinguishable. And he showed me one versus the other. And it was the AI reading was I couldn't tell which was him reading uh, and which was the AI. Crazy, right? So he just loaded up his manuscript and the thing finished his because, you know, reading your book is a pain in the butt. Apparently, Craig said um, this is just so you know, this net growth thing is on. And it's not video, it's text-based, but is on my list that I'm working with my programming group to like automate stuff out of Open Dental. Mm. Um, and this is on my list to auto send a text to a patient with mm. a link to schedule online the second they fall off of that. Because right now I have a whole hired person who just does. But like, what if what if Dwight? That. And this is totally possible. It's just code. What if what if all of a sudden that went into it? If this, then that. Right. If this patient comes inactive, here's the provider. Right. Create the create the automated text or video right. with blah blah blah. Right. Send. Like you talk about, like you talk about something that would be revolutionary, not only for dentistry, but, but, but anything where there's a recurring cycle that happens, right? Dermatology, yeah. whatever. So anyway, if someone's listening, you got, you got it here. You got it here. Problems are now we are going to CareStack, which is an enterprise cloud-based solution. Interesting. With all in one. And so we've vetted it. The team has vetted it. You know, I made the mistake once a long time ago, Trey, where we tried to switch and get it off. Um, and, and it was a colossal failure. We basically switched on a, a practice software and then we had to immediately go back and it was just, you'll change again in two That's years. That's an entire pod we need to do. No, so you'll, change, just, you'll change again in two years. I will change again in two years. Yeah. I guarantee I don't. I so here's a, oh, no, I guarantee you, you will. Wow. Here's another, uh, here's another web-based web-based is coming. Here's another viewpoint. You on don't that. even need cloud. We know Dentrix, most of my practices are Dentrix. We know it backwards and forwards. It's, I mean, we have cheat codes and everything else that, that become very difficult to duplicate as things change. Open Dental, we had to learn because one of the practices I purchased had open and we thought maybe we're gonna to change to it. And then we learned that no, a conversion is a terrible deal. We're never gonna do it. Mm -hmm. And now this last one I have is EagleSoft. And the big discussion became, do we switch it? Cause it, we don't wanna keep learning softwares. But then the next step is, but 95% of the market is Dentrix, EagleSoft, and Open Dental. So mm -hmm. on acquisition targets, now we're going to learn three softwares. We're linking it all together with Dental Intel. The Dental Intel is the software that I'm using, really, not, mm -hmm. not the practice management as a side. platform As a platform measuring, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. And yeah. now you have 95% of the market covered, and someone shows up with, you know, pick a, pick a you know, soft dent, care dent, but, you know, whatever small smaller version of anything, you basically just walk past them. You don't worry about it. Yeah. 95% of that market is done and you don't have to deal with the conversion, which I want to hear how yours goes at five out of the throw. That's going to be. Yeah. Well, look, it's, I say that it's five locations. It's one database. So it's, it's the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not. Sure. Like, but it's a big database. Oh, uh, look, look, but let me tell you, we've been doing, we've been prepping for this for uh, 10 weeks now, 
you know, there's a sample. So like a lot of it has been before we went go live, it's, and there's been adoption from the team. And like I said, it's an, uns, we have an unsupported version of, of our current software. So yeah. we don't have a choice. It was going down or something. Uh, all right. So that was it. Um, have you guys read and um, we're getting um, close to an hour and I like to wrap these in an hour. Have you guys read the book by Peter Atia? Yes. They outlive. What an amazing book, Trey. What an amazing book. Absolutely. I feel like that's something as, as dentists and entrepreneurs, I feel like dentists, I, I mean, I take that. I know a lot of healthy dentists, but I think we abuse our body. We eat on the fly. We have poor ergonomics and stuff. And like, and you know, you end up like perishing a little early. At least I know a lot of dentists in my, in my, in my history. And I would love to see, you know, for instance, like metal testings and things like that be more prevalent in dentistry. And so I think a book like Outlive is great where it's an easy, easy read. It's a big book, easy read. Peter Atiyah is a huge, huge influencer in the space and it's good information. I actually called my dad. I was like, dad, read this. I want you to read this and let, you know, let's take some action. Um, and so what I was actually, the, where I'll end on this is I'm actually writing a, as you know, guys, I've, I'm in, I'm into Twitter now just cause I think it's fun and, and made a cool bunch of cool connections and things like that. So I'm, I was actually ideating a post that was coming out of Outlive. And so I was thinking about this as I was with my children the other day, or maybe it was with my wife. And I was and thinking to myself, and it wasn't, this wasn't a morbid thought, okay? But I, the quote kept going in my head as I said this. I was like, there's going to be a last time. Like, there's going to be a last time. I kept, and I'm getting tingles just thinking about it right now, right? Like, my, actually, what happened, my son came up and grabbed my hand in front of his friends, and we walked holding hands. And I thought to myself, there's going to be a time, this, there will be a last time when I hold hands with him in public, right? Yeah, absolutely. There will be a last time when I pick my daughter up just because she asked me to, right? Because because my 13 year old's too big to do that. There will be a last time, you know, that I kiss my wife. So, so my point is, is that I guess where I'm going is that, that gratitude, especially in this season, you always hear about gratitude being the antidote for anxiety, depression, anger, blah, blah, blah. And I really think it is. Right. If you can get into that practice and almost kind of be Zen with it all day long, being thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for this drill. Thank you for my teammate. Right. And you're grateful. But but when the rubber meets the road, it's just not that practical. And I got out of practice. Right. And so, you know, again, this is a new thing, but I'm trying to be a little bit more where my feet are and think of things in terms of like. Yeah, this sucks right now. Like I shouldn't be at I don't want to be at this basketball practice. And then I'm thinking to myself, there will be. This could be the last, there will be a last time of this, right? Be where your feet are. There will be a last time that I'm, you know, kicking the soccer ball. Maybe soccer's not on the agenda for, for next year or whatever, or baseball or sports, or, you know, heaven forbid, I have a traumatic accident, right? And, but, and then there, therefore there will always be a last time kind of thing. So you just, I guess you never know. I, know, I didn't want to end on a, on a morbid thought, but like, but what I've been really focusing on is like just looking in my life for the quote, there will be a lot, there will be a last time for this. And, and hopefully it's not today, but it might be a month from now. It might be two months from now. It might be a year from now, but there will be a last for insert the blank. So that's interesting. You say that because I am actually the driving force in my life right now is exactly that. And I, although I don't say it as that I've changed it just because I, I, I viewed that, like you said, it kind of gets, it kind of presents a down feeling of there's mm -hmm. a last time for everything. Yeah. But what it led me to do and how I've reframed it in my mind to be a little bit more positive and what drives me in, in literally every day is, and I have young, I have young kids. So when, when my daughter who's four or my son who's two comes in and says, daddy, get up whatever time it is. My mm -hmm. answer is always yes. My answer is yes to everything. Daddy chase me. Yes, let's do it. Daddy, let's do this. Yes, let's do it. Because the basis of that was exactly that. There's a last time. There's a time they don't ask you to chase you anymore. Anymore. There's right. a time they don't want you to lift them up to see the very top Dude, of the when you're in it, though, it's tough because you're tired, Trey. And you want yeah, to say, how many times worked. I said no. Like, no, leave me alone. Beat it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but saying yes, I have essentially sure. turned it into that uh that that Jim Carrey movie. It's, it's uh, I say yes to everything. Oh yeah. Well, no, no, ask me. It's yes. I'm sure I'm getting in trouble with my wife and she's looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like yeah. I'm saying yes. Cause who knows? I, I want to make yeah. sure I get every yeah. single time. Yeah. 
it's just it's just interesting i think too the other thing is i was yes i was looking actually trey at pictures the other thing that prompted i was looking at pictures of my young kids i have this thing called pixstar where you can on our on our in our kitchen where you can upload photos from your phone and it kind of just scrolls through them and you look at like chronologically over time and at the time you're like god i i really want this baby phase to be over because it's not fun and then you can like oh there was a last time to that too you know and i'm about to go on vacation with my parents you know we're going out overseas and, you know, and there will be a last time that I traveled with them kind of thing. So sure. I don't know. It's just, it, it, again, not morbid. I think it's just a, a time when you can reflect and know and know that we're not all perfect. I no. know I have screwed that up. What I'm saying, I know I've screwed up you know, just as much as anybody else. As a matter of fact, I have regrets on some things I probably should have done. But like all you can do is on a go forward basis. And it's a journey. Just, it's, an interesting, journey. it's an interesting enjoy quote. the journey that resonated with me as opposed to being like practice gratitude practice gratitude you're like okay okay uh thanks for the trees thanks for the grass right you got to find something that resonates with you and the thing that resonates with me is the line there will be a last and i'm like holy shit you know so that's just that's just uh, where i want to end i i love i love the mindfulness ending here because i think there's something to be said for the fact that we need to be present more and in the sense of building why are you building these things why are you trying to do what you do uh -huh. and with health it's not always that it's going to be the last time that you lose it it's maybe the last time that you're optimally able to get up and run with your kids optimal uh -huh. is also a thank part you, of that that's right? what i meant like, to that's a big piece. thank you yeah and I love the fact that we can just stop and say, hey, it is a gradient. And when you stop working out, you can't do these things. And therefore, you have to appreciate the chance that you still have the ability to keep yourself in motion. Um, things like that. But that mindfulness is what it takes. And it's what it takes to run a business It's and, and be there for your team. It's what it takes to be there for your family and to stop and like appreciate what you've created and there will be a last for when you run a drill and there last for when you run a practice right and then when you think right. about it like that you're like oh i'm probably gonna miss that a little bit right as opposed mm -hmm. to like i hate this i'm gonna get out so no, don't. oh yeah. it's a great it's a great spin and um and uh yeah guys that was uh, i enjoyed that we we're right at an great. hour and yeah, a lot of good information in that yeah there really was you know I, like i said i was really nervous when i started this i was like i I know we've talked about KPIs, but I don't think we've talked about them in terms of like, maybe it's only been at summits. We've talked about bulletproof KPIs, like the five that we all, we all generally are, think are directionally good to follow, you know, as in right. a sustainable model. Right. And I was, you know, so I was really nervous that this is going to be redundant, but apparently it's not. So this is great. It's great. All right, fellas. Godspeed What's to up, you gentlemen? both. Awesome. And we'll see everyone next time on the bulletproof pod. Over. Bye. -bye.